Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Come on, how you guys feeling this morning? Oh, come on. I said, how you guys feeling this morning? We're in the presence of God. Come on. You got breath in your lungs this morning. You got a roof over your head. We're amongst family this morning. I said, how you feeling this morning? That's more like it. Listen, this morning we want to welcome those of you who are here maybe for your first time. We want to let you know you're not just a visitor, but you're our guest. Feel welcome this morning. Thank you for making time to be here. And, you know, God's been doing something real special here at Restoration Life. How many would agree? Amen. And we, would, we just want to take a minute and also welcome those who are viewing online this morning. We want to welcome our uh, Atlanta campus who's uh, checked in with me this morning. Let us know that they're watching. Why don't we greet our Atlanta campus this morning? We love you guys. Pastor Max and Teresa, we're so proud of you guys. Can't wait to get out there and visit you all. And we want to welcome our Chula Vista uh, location as well. They're tuning in. And, and also our Austin, Texas location. Uh, this morning, I seen that uh, Pastor Eric was actually ministering at Reclaim Texas. So shout out to Pastor Eric for getting out there and getting, getting behind the pulpit. And man, this morning, I, I believe God's already been moving. How many would agree? I could have sat in worship all morning. I, I didn't want to move on, but I believe that God put a word in my heart for this morning. And it's been cooking for a while. I've actually been preparing for this morning for quite some time. And uh, I'm excited to get it out. But this morning, I have the honor and privilege of kicking off our new series entitled Finish the Fight. And I want you to look, look to your neighbor and say, we're, we're going to wage a war. Now turn to your other neighbor and say it like you mean it this time and say, we're waging a war. See, society and the enemy has already been at war with us. But how many of you guys know we're already walking in victory? They could try all they want. They could fight all they want. They could try to attack all they want. But the victory is ours. Amen. And so this morning, I'm just so excited. Uh, we're we're going to be in, in the, in the, um, <laughs> wow, in the book of 1 Timothy. And, um, you know, Timothy is, is a, is a young, younger disciple to Paul. And this is a letter from Paul to Timothy. And uh, Paul, Paul was a, a straightforward, vicious man of God, if you will. I like Paul. As, as I got to study and kind of understand the context behind this letter, you know, Paul, Paul was a guy who went to prison a couple times. He was about it. He wasn't going to stop uh, preaching the gospel. and He wasn't going to stop pioneering churches. Paul was a man of God. And, and I, what I love about Paul was not just his integrity, but his tenacity, his, his courage. He knew that no matter what he faced, no matter the opposition, how great it may have looked, he wasn't going to back down. Amen. And, and it's funny because when, when we see what Paul's talking about here in the text, I don't, I don't think things have really changed in terms of us facing opposition as believers. I'm not, su I'm not surprised anymore when... When I see what's on the news, when I, I read this, this passage of scripture and, and kind of reading just uh, the book of 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, you know, we've been at war for a long time. I'm not surprised anymore, amen? But what I love about this is we get some practical lessons out of this. 
and how to, how to go about waging in this war, how to go about fighting in this war. And I, I hear it a lot that as Christians and, and believers that we get tired in the battle. And I could attest to that because I do too. I, I think a lot of times we get winded and we get gut checked and we feel like we're against the ropes. Would anyone agree? Would anybody agree that there's just times we're like, man, God, I, I don't know that I could continue in this fight. And, and what I want us to understand this morning is a lot of us feel winded in the fight because we've been fighting the wrong fight. And we're, we're going to jump into that. But I want, I want to go ahead and, and, and read this text this morning. And it's found in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1 through 12. And I'm going to give you a moment to get there. And we're going to be reading from the NIV version this morning. Also, before uh, we move on, I, I, I just want to make mention that uh, I was, I was uh, talking to Pastor Eddie this weekend, and he sends his love. Pastor Eddie and Roxanne uh, are away for the weekend, and they will be back next week. But they send their love to you this morning. And um, how many of you guys are there at First Timothy chapter 6? If you're there, say amen. Let's get started. We're going to read 12 verses, so bear with me. I was never an avid learner, but, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to get through these 12 scriptures. Amen? Someone say praise God. Here we go. All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. See, the, we're, we're one verse in, and, and we see that it's not just today. But for years and 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 some more years, the people have been slandering the word of God. Verse 2, it goes on to say, those who have believing masters should not show them disrespect just because they are fellow believers. Instead, they should serve them even better because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of their slaves. These are the things you, you are to teach and insist on. Here we go. Let's absorb these next scriptures. If anyone teaches otherwise, hear me. If anyone, your cousin, your mom, your brother, your sister, your prima, your primo, anybody. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people and corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Verse 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 7 says, for we brought nothing into this world, and we can't take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and trap into many foolish and harmful desires 
that plunge people into ruin and destruction. I want to read that one for you again. Because I think oftentimes in this fight that we're fighting, we think we're in a fight to be successful. I think we get distracted on this part here, if I'm just being honest. And I come from a place of me understanding this myself in this fight that we're fighting. I feel like I've been caught up and I've been winded and distracted in the fight and been slapped around in the fight because I've lost my focus and focused on this. And so I'm gonna read this again gently for us to process and not to point you out, but just to get in the mindset that, man, we could really find ourselves distracted. Amen? So verse 9, it says this. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Verse 10 goes on to say this. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of what? Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Wow. But you, man of God, someone say, but you, man of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, but you, man or woman of God, flee from all this and pursue what? Flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Verse 12, here it is. Here's the charge. You ready, church? Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. Father God, we just thank you this morning. Thank you for your beautiful, tangible presence that's been, been in this room. And thank you, Lord God, that you're already tearing down walls and strongholds and you're unwinding knots in hearts of people that, that are just broken and hurting and, and God, that just need an answer from you this morning. You're meeting them right where they're at and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. So we see in this text that Paul's writing to Timothy and he's telling Timothy, don't get caught up with distractions. Many people seek financial gain. They, they seek resource. They seek, you know, all these other things. And there's, and mind you, Timothy, you are to go out and actually rebuke people who are, who are speaking and teaching false doctrines. Sounds very familiar today, right? There's affirming and woke churches and there's people trying to bring white magic, black magic, and, and trying, trying to say that, you know, the universe, the universe brings healing and whatnot, but it's, it's false doctrine, false teaching. You know, he, he's saying watch out for people with itching ears who only want to hear what, what, what would fit their desires. And so this morning... Understanding all that in which we read in those long 12 scriptures, thank God you survived the reading by Pastor Nick this morning. Give yourself a hand for that. Praise God. You guys are sad. You clapped. Should have celebrated that. No, I'm just kidding. That was a good setup, huh? But check it out. I want us to ask this question this morning. And I want to take a moment and process this. Is that okay? I want to ask you this morning, right where you're at, this season of life, Understanding that you are called and chosen, 
and appointed by God, and you are graced for this fight, what are you fighting for? If you're taking notes, that's my first point. What are you fighting for? And the title of this message, I wrestled with so much because I wanted a really cool title. But sometimes it's just better to be practical, amen? The title of this sermon is called Know Your Fight. Know Your Fight. So with all that being said, what are you fighting for? In this life, I, I believe that a lot of us do fight and work hard to climb up and, and you know, our, our careers, our, our, the corporate ladder. We try to get ahead, if you will, and leave something financially um, for our kids as, as our time on earth transitions to heaven. We want to be prepared and leave something for our children. And let me just start off by saying that is not a bad thing. I, th I think that's a great thing to leave your kids something. But what I'm saying is a lot of times we get so caught up in fighting that fight that we, we miss the mark and fight the fight that we were called to fight. Amen. Would you agree with me this morning that sometimes we get distracted a little bit? We'll start off with that a little bit. We get a little bit distracted. Or, or maybe some of you are fighting to be the change in your family. Maybe you come from an upbringing where, you know, uncles, uh, dads, and grandfathers, and cousins, you find yourself in, in the system of being incarcerated. You just come from a bad lifestyle, and you just feel like, man, I just want to be the change for my family. Or maybe it's not that. Maybe, maybe you're just, you're, you're fighting to, to bring some solution to some situations in your life, but it, it's a constant fight because you're fighting against people. You're fighting against, you want so bad for someone to find breakthrough that you're willing to fight them to get the breakthrough. That's, that comes from passion and ambition. You want to see someone changed and, and transformed. You want them to encounter God, if you will, and, and receive breakthrough, but you want it more than them. Has anyone ever been there? Some of you, if we're just being honest, you're just fighting because you like to fight. Have you ever met someone that just likes to fight? Like they fight for no reason. I grew up uh, in a household with an older cousin who was like a, a brother to me. Um, I have an older brother um, and I have an older sister. I'm the youngest. And therefore, I was the spoiled one in the house. Like my, my sister and my brothers, they'll be eating cup of noodles and I'd be the little kid crying like, I don't want a cup of noodles, Dad. And so he would sneak out and take me to McDonald's real quick and I'll be right there with my fries hiding in the corner. I was a spoiled little brat. What can I say? And um, therefore, guess what? I was the target. And so my cousin, my cousin Andrew, Andrew, if you're watching, I love you, bro, but I'm putting you on blast. All those years of fighting with me and making fun of me, today's my revenge. Nah, just kidding. I love you, bro. I miss you. Andrew, uh, man, my cousin Andrew's great. Let me just start off with that. But my cousin Andrew, like, not just fighting with me, he liked fighting with everyone for no reason. We'd get up in the morning and get ready for school and sit down at the table and my grandma would prepare cereal and oatmeal and stuff like that. And Andrew would just walk by for no reason and, oh, here's your bowl, oh, move it. And then, and then I'll be like, bro, what the heck? And then he'll just blow his hot, nasty morning breath at me. Like, ah. It's like, why, bro? But you see what I'm saying? Have you ever been around someone that just fights for no reason? And they're just walking around in the workplace, people pick on you for no reason. Like, you got a promotion and guess what? You're going to get picked on because you got a promotion. See, in this world, we'll fight fights and we'll face opposition. But we must remain focused on what it is that we are graced and called to fight. And see, 
Paul's talking to Timothy and he's cautioning him and he's warning him because there, there's something that happens when you lose focus in the fight. Many times we gas out fighting the wrong things because we're so in tune with the desires of our flesh. Amen. Because we're so in tune with the desires of our flesh, we gas out. We get so caught up and, and distracted in the fight that we lose vision for the fight that we're actually called to fight. Amen. And here's the thing. Losing vision in, is, is dangerous when you're fighting in a fight. How many would agree? Anyone ever got punched in the nose and you can't see when you're fighting? That's not fun. It's happened to me. But see, what's even more dangerous in this fight that we're fighting, what's more dangerous than losing vision in what you see is losing the ability to hear God's voice. Because as Christians, we fight from faith. We don't fight from what we see, but, but we fight from, from hearing his voice and we fight by faith, amen. And, and what happens is when you're so in tune with your flesh and the desires and the outcomes and the way you want to see circumstances in life, you lose sight of not only your vision, but your ability to hear. Why is that? Because we're so caught up in fighting the other fight that we haven't carved out time to prepare in this fight and spend time with the one who's in our corner. Are you hearing me, church? I know it's early and we're waking up, but we need to understand this. If we're not carving out time for the word of God, if we're not carving out time to, to just spend with our Father in heaven and to hear his voice, where are we fighting from? And, and I, know, I know the importance of this because you guys know my story and what I've been through a little bit. And, and it was the moments where I'm like, God, I just need a... I just need a touch from you, or God, I just need to hear from you. I just need to hear your voice. I just need to feel your presence. But I wasn't prioritizing time for his presence. How could I have what I don't prepare for? And so I want us to understand the importance of prepping and, and training for this battle. Amen? Number two, where are you fighting from? Number one is, what are you fighting for? Number two is, where are you fighting from? Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. And, and I, like, I like that I put this here. Like, I was wrestling with this, and then God was like, no, nah, leave it there. It goes here. I was like, God, I don't really think this fits here. But we ran with it. So Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17, it says this. You will not have to fight this battle. And you're like, hold up. I thought we were in a battle. I'm going to show you where all of us here miss the mark in this battle. You will not have to fight this battle. Turn to your neighbor. Tell, look at them in the eyes. Say, you, Jeff, you will not have to fight this battle. Carlos, guess what? You don't have to fight this battle. Nacho, hey, I love you, bro. You're not fight, you don't have to fight this battle. Come on. But check this out. But take your positions. Oh, man, I don't think you heard that. But take your positions. You're not fighting, but guess what? You're in position. Take your position. Stand firm and see the deliverance that who will give you? The Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, but go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. And I want to ask you this morning, what's your stance in this fight? What's your heart posture? 
Where are you fighting from? Let's ask us that, that again. Where are you fighting from? How have you approached this fight? And I found this too. I found this. A lot of times when we're in tune with our flesh, guess what? We don't even show up to the fight. The reason that we don't show up is not because we're not graced for it, not because we're not called for it, not because you're not good enough for it, but because you're so in tune with your insecurity, you're so in tune with the things that you battle with that you count yourself out from showing up to the fight. And I, I thought like, man, what, like how much truth is that? That is so true because I found that when I'm so in tune with my flesh, when I'm so caught up in everything that, that I think would count me out from a, approaching this fight, and I also have the wrong perspective and wrong mindset thinking that I'm going to be the solution in this fight. I actually just have to show up and get in position because the battle's already won, amen. And I think a lot of times the enemy will use all the things that you think about yourself. All of man's opinions about you. All of what your mom and dad said about you or your cousin said about you. Everything you've ever endured in your life. The enemy will use everything when you're distracted and not focused in on this fight. It's the very reason why you haven't even stepped in the ring yet. And I want to ask you this morning, how many times have you counted yourself out of this fight? I've learned this, that, and I've heard it said like this from my friend Mike. Um, he said this. The world is a dark place because people of God are hiding from what God has called them to do. The world's a dark place not because people aren't coming to church. People are coming to church. We see about a thousand people every Sunday in this, in this church community here. People are definitely coming to church. But the world's a dark place because the people of God are like this. Silent. And, and maybe it's not because it's not you want to be silent, but you're really believing the lies of the enemy about your past and, or even your present, where you're at. I'm not good enough to step in the fight. But friend, I want you to know that you're called, appointed, and graced for this moment to step in the fight and fight the good fight of faith this morning. You don't have to be caught up in your past no more. And I love that you're probably like, man, you, you see this reoccurring message for me that I'll always preach that from a pulpit. I, no matter what the topic or subject is, I'm always going to point that out so you could get used to that. You're not who you were in your past, but you're graced for this very moment. Step in the ring and fight. Here's the thing, when we're so in tune with our emotions and our feelings, we, we, we lay on the side of these two things. There's insecurity, which we talked about a little bit. And then there's also pride. Pride's dangerous too. How many would agree? Anybody ever met someone prideful and they're always right? You're like, bro, I got the, the, the teacher's sheet to this test. The teacher was not wrong, bro. You're wrong. One plus one is two. Like, often, it's funny though. Like, people, people will go up and lie and lie and lie and lie. Like, like, bro, it's all right. You took the L on this one. But let's learn the lesson from this. And like, pride is dangerous. Would you agree? And here's the thing. Insecurity is saying, God, I can't do this even with you. That's dangerous, right? But what's also dangerous is pride says, God, I could do this without you. Yeah. 
And maybe that's the very reason why you're so winded in this fight. Maybe you are trying to fight this fight of faith. Maybe you are serving in ministry. Maybe you are discipling someone. Maybe you're even a leader. You can't fight this fight out of your own ability. This, this text that we read said, get in position. You know what the position of that is? It's, for us spiritually speaking, it's getting on our hands and knees and going after the presence of the Lord. Carving out time and, and preparation. God, would you search my heart? Remove the, the frustration that I'm dealing with towards my family. Would you remove these things uh, that I'm feeling towards my ministry leader? Because God knows I want to serve you, but my leader, uh, I don't know, God. Come on, don't act like you've never been there. Where are you at in this fight that we're called to fight? Is this making sense to anyone this morning? How do you value what God says about you? How do you value the calling that God's placed on your life? See, the more that we feed our pride or your insecurity, the more it grows and consumes your perspective in this fight. Let me say that again. The more you feed pride and insecurity, the more it grows and consumes your mindset and your perspective in this fight. But something begins to happen when you come in agreement with the word of God, the truth of God, and what the word of God says about you. Would you agree? Something begins to happen and shift and take place in your heart. Those things, those lies that the enemy were, was once using against you, you're like, get away from me, Satan. It's behind me. I'm forgiven because of the cross. Come on, I can move forward into my purpose, into my calling, into my destiny, but not on my own strength, but by the power, the forgiveness, by the sacrifice, and my repentive heart with Jesus. Come on, that's, that's something to be excited about because I know I'm talking to people this morning who are ready to get in and engage in waging war against what the, what the lies of the enemy have been trying to do. I know we're all sick of our children being targeted right now. That's costing me a lot of money to put them in private school. I'm sitting, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but really, it's not just in the school. That's... That's, that's big right now, but what's going on on YouTube channels, what's going on in the movie theaters, what's going on in, in these programs, even these games that they're playing online. I'm about to put my kids in a bubble and, and, and put them, we're going to move to like South Dakota or something. <laughs> but I'm tired of watching the enemy attack my family and my kids. I'm tired of watching the people of God suffer unnecessarily. I'm tired of watching people sit on the bench when they're called and graced for the moment to step in and be the change and the solution. It's a perspective change. Something begins to happen when we believe the word of God and what it says about us, amen. God has called you. He will sustain you. He will, he's qualified you. God's opinion, he, I love this right here. God's opinion of you makes man's opinion irrelevant. So stop giving it so much weight in your life, amen. Imagine the change that you'll begin to see in your life and the things around you when you believe the word of God and what it says about you versus what your insecurity and your past says about you. Amen. Number three, who are you fighting Think about that. Some of you walked in today, you're, you're in a bout with your, with your kids, 
You're in a bout with your spouse. You're in a bout with your bank account or, or your bank. You're in, you're in a bout with your refrigerator. You're like, bro, why does my milk taste spoiled this morning? I wanted cereal. <clears throat> in this fight, friend, we need to know who we're up against, amen. And, and here's, here's where I want to land on this morning. Vision and direction go hand in hand. When you have sight and you have vision on something, you know what direction you're going in. You have the ability to see what's beyond you in the moment because you're so dialed in. Some of you are fighting the wrong thing because you're simply looking the wrong way. I don't think you heard me. Some of you are fighting the wrong thing simply because you're looking the wrong way. You're fighting your spouse instead of going to your knees and taking it to the Lord. God, I rebuke that Jezebel spirit in the name of Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. And some, some of you women, you know, you're, you're tearing down your husband when you should be tearing down the principalities and the strongholds that he's, that he's facing that have, been, that have been polluting his mindset. Some of you are tearing down your children or you as a child, you're tearing down your parent because you're hurt by them. You're fighting the wrong thing because you're looking the wrong way. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, it says it like this. <coughs> Excuse me. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Friend, when you begin <coughs> to fight against the things that are unseen, you will begin to see the things that are seen change around you. This is the key to fighting this fight and keeping the good faith. Fight the things that are not seen and you'll see the things around you that are seen change. You want to fight? You want to fight? You want to go to fight and put what God's put in your heart to work? Go to your knees. Go to your prayer closet, friend. Start fighting against the principalities and the darkness in high places. Fight against the things that are possessing your loved ones, that are possessing teachers, that are possessing systems in our country. We get so caught up and distracted fighting each other that we're, we lose intention, uh, intentionality in this fight. And what I want to suggest this morning is, why don't we stop fighting each other and fight together? Why don't we stop fighting as spouses and, and, and stop fighting each other and turn, turn away from each other and fight the enemy? Why don't we stop fighting our children, fighting our bosses, our ministry workers, our, our fellow congregants in the church, our community? Why don't we stop fighting each other and go after what we're called to fight, amen? That's a good place to clap right there because that's truth. And the Bible says you should know the truth and it'll set you free. And when you're fighting the things you're not graced to fight, you'll find yourself on the ropes. Is this making sense this morning? God didn't call us to t tear each other down, but he called us. Oh, man. God called us to be the change for this world. In position. In the right stance. In the right heart posture for this fight. Number four, as, as the worship team gets ready to come up. Where does my help come from? Ask yourself that in this fight that we're fighting. Where has your help been coming from? This, this isn't in my notes, what, what I'm about to go into, but I just feel led to go there. 
A lot of times you feel helpless in the fight because you're, you're calling on the wrong help. You feel helpless and against the ropes and like nothing's changing. Like, God, I've been coming to church 50 years. God, I, I've seen my kids grow up in church and nothing's changing. Where is your help coming from truly? Are you doing church from, from a point of religion? Because nothing changes in religion. But it's the relationship. Ah, oh, man, that right there, that's enough. That we could just sit here. Religion and relationship. Religion looks like clockwork. You come in, you go through the motions. You stand up during communion. You take your cracker, but there's no, there's no reflecting happening in your heart. There's no, there's no appreciation for the cross. You, you come in and you stand up in a pew and your, your arms are not lifted. Your heart's not worshiping your king of kings and your lord of lords. You're, you might even fill a role. You might fill a gap in serving, serving the Lord in, in a ministry. But truly, you're, you're just there filling the gap, not serving the need. And then there's, there's people that, that won't even do that, right? But they think because they come, they truly think this. And this isn't a shot on anyone, but this is how we got to break through mindsets. We got to call it out in love. Amen? So hear my heart in this. I'm not picking on anybody. And I want you to know I've done this mistake as well. I've messed up so many times. I've, I've grown up in church my whole life. I'm 32 years old this, this September 11th. Listen, I've done ministry probably since I was 10 years old. And I've allowed myself seasons of, of being locked in and then being distracted and falling out. But coming to church and playing like it's cool and everything's all okay. And... And I'm, I'm there lifting my hands and I'm there clapping my hands. But truly there's something in here that's just serving religion and not serving God. And there's a huge difference because when you serve religion, there's no substance. Mm, you need to hear that this morning. When you serve religion, there's no substance. But when you serve the King of kings and the Lords of lords, you can't help but to change in your heart all those things that were there caught up, hurting you, weighing you down from even showing up to the arena of the fight that you're called to fight. Friend, you need to hear it this morning. You don't got to leave the same way you came in. You just got to surrender to God this morning. And the Bible says that when you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Just from a show of hands, how many people are tired of walking into church and leaving the same way? I'm sick of it. I've been sick of it. My prayer is, God, wreck me to the point where it feels like I know you again for the first time. God, help my unbelief. Though I can't see what you're calling me to in the future. Though I'm so caught up in what's in front of me that I don't have the faith for what's beyond me. Would you help my unbelief? as we stand to our feet this morning. If unbelief's been holding you back, man, God really wanted you to hear that. This has nothing to do with what was in my notes. Maybe unbelief's been being an anchor. And it's just holding you back from setting sail this morning. God's called you beyond the storms. He's called you beyond the fog that's, 
that's blinding you in this moment. God wants to to give you faith this morning beyond what you can see for eternity. Beyond what you can see for where God wants you to rest in his presence. You can't see it right now. And you've been wrestling with this faith idea. Like, God, I, I, I want to believe you, but I just can't. If that's you this morning, that's exactly what he wants to hit you with. That in your own belief, in your own mindset, your own strategy, you'll never find faith for what's beyond you this morning. That's the first thing I want to touch on this morning as, we, as we're coming to a close. And if that's you, just hold on. The Bible says in John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you these things so that you, so that in me you may have peace. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Not in your works, not in your abilities, not in your talents, not in your giftings. There's so many talented and gifted people here right now. God's given you these gifts. But the reason you haven't found them effective in this fight is because you're fighting on your own ability and not with the strength that he wants to pour into you. In this world, you will have trouble. We all know that. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I said, take heart, I have overcome the world. God's saying there's nothing, no opposition bigger than him this morning. Stop letting doubt, fear, unforgiveness, anger, frustration anchor you down from setting sail to God's purpose. We have to understand that we we have the undefeated champ on our side, the overcomer of, of the grave, the overcomer of the world. We could call upon the name. You don't have to fight through it on your own ability, friend. You just got to call upon the name. This morning, I say all that to say, get in the presence of God, because it's in the presence of God where strongholds are broken, where fear has to bow, where courage gets uplifted, where faith is stirred. And it's in environments like this where faith begins to grow. And with the faith of a mustard seed, guess what? Mountains move. Here's the thing. I believe that a lot of a lot of people serve the God who was. What do you mean by that, Pastor Nick? It means you 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 believe that God did. You believe that He was. You believe He accomplished. But let me tell you something this morning. It's time to start serving the God who was and is and is to come. Come on. I said it's time to start serving the God who was and is and is to come. Because he wasn't just for back then. He's not just for this moment, but he's for eternity. And if you want substance this morning, get into the relationship with Jesus. And so this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, Father, we thank you for your grace, for, for your purpose, God, for, your, for the vision that you're, you're just depositing in people. I really felt in my spirit this morning as we were in worship, God began to show me a heart. And there was a blur around the heart. And there was hands just shifting, shifting the heart. 
And he said, I'm unwinding knots in people's heart this morning. There's people that you've been so puzzled by your past that you haven't been able to find faith for tomorrow. And if that's you, I'm not asking you to wait for, to open your eyes and to look who else is gonna come to the altar, but just get out of your seat and come because God wants to meet you right where you're at. Go all twisted up in the mess you've been in. If that's you, just get out of your seat. That's the first thing. The second thing is fear's been holding you back from stepping into the, into the fight. You just don't feel qualified enough. And the truth is, is you're not on your own. That's a pill I have to swallow and let the Holy Spirit deal with me. Because I was the one that went from the insecure one to the prideful one. I skipped over that whole grace part and just went straight to pride and my own ability. And guess what? I found out that I was going to be right back where I was. But God. But God. God met me where I was, friend, and he could do the same for you. So no matter what it is that's holding you back from stepping into the ring, stepping into the fight, stepping in, more importantly, into the battle, I want to invite you to just come be in the presence of God right here. Get out of your seat. Come, come get in his presence. Get on your knees. Come with a heart that's repentant and saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for operating out of my own ability, my own flesh, my own capabilities, my own ambition. God, I'm sorry for losing focus in the fight. Come on. Repentance is the language of revival, friend. If you want to see revival, come before the Lord. Come before the Lord. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this moment. Father, we thank you. You're worthy to be praised, Jesus.